And we're back in here, Stripe Show podcast coming at you on a weekend up here still in northern Idaho, as many of you know, this is the area that uh, that I grew up in. And uh, we're looking at about 85 degrees today, no humidity in the mountains, going to play a little golf golf course that I grew up on here this afternoon, Pinehurst number one, we like to call it Pinehurst, Idaho, right outside of Coeur d'Alene, little nine hole course, going to give that a go here. This afternoon, lots of golf happening in the professional ranks. Of course, PGA Tour there at Mirrorfield, the Workday Charity Open. And one of my favorite events happening right now over in Lake Tahoe, not too far from here. I've been to Tahoe many times. The coldest lake in the United States. You could jump in that thing in the middle of August, and I guarantee you're jumping right back out. But the American Century Championship is going on, and my man Kyle Williams, I called it. You follow the stripe show. I told you, watch out for Kyle Williams. He's a sleeper. I, I played with him last year, uh, walked with him in an event, and I was impressed. This dude gets around very solid. He's leading by five over Tony Romo and John Smoltz. How about that? Kyle Williams is a former defensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills. So we're going to get to all that. We'll talk a little pro golf. going to talk some Twitter. Talk a little bit of everything here on the Stripe Show podcast. A weekend edition, and want to welcome in guest. Knows a thing or two about golf. She is on the Golf Channel digital team, played at the University of North Carolina and the University of Arkansas. Golf Channel's very own Samantha Marks. How are you doing, Samantha? Hey, Travis. How are you? Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm doing good. I know you just had a little vacation yourself. Are you uh, back in uh, Orlando now? And we guess 96 in human chance of rain this afternoon. So hot. I went on a run this morning and, you know, people say, oh, get out early. You'll beat the heat. It's officially not a thing anymore. It's mid-July. It's 100 degrees when you wake up and you just, <laughs> it's like thick. It's just like thick, heat, wet, disgusting. Uh, yeah, not good. But, you know, we, we persist. Yeah, it's taken, uh, I've spent a lot of time in Orlando there when I worked at Golf Channel. And it, uh, you know, it's kind of taken its toll on me this year. I, I just you know, 20 years for me now in Florida. And gosh, just kind of this year, I was like, man, you know what? I think I'm just going to shut it down a little bit longer here this summer. I'm going to stay a little bit longer up here in Northern Idaho. It's dry. And, uh, but I'll be back next week to partake in what is summer weather in Florida. It's hot up in um, Ohio as well. They're playing at Mirrorfield. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like this. You know, the tour is doing such a good job, you know, getting out there, leading the way. Uh, during this pandemic and back-to-back -back weeks at Mirrorfield. Kudos to Workday to step in to take the place of the John Deere Classic. And, uh, well, here we go. Colin Morikawa, he's back on the leaderboard once again. You don't need to hear from me. This guy's impressive. Um, I mean, he's going to be around a long time. Leads by three over Kevin Shrillman and Justin Thomas. You follow the game closely. What's your, uh, what's your thoughts on this kid out of Oregon, Colin Morikawa? I have a trivia question for you. Without okay. without knowing, without looking it up, don't look it up, don't cheat. Yep. How much do you think Morikawa has made since he turned pro in 2019, just last year, on the course? Well, I mean, he's on this incredible run of of cut. He's got one win. Um, well, that's a good question. Let's go. Let's go four and a half million. Okay, you went higher than I thought. Three point six. Okay. But that's still so much in a year. Yeah, the kid it, oh, obviously yeah. is doing something right. I mean, obviously we know about his cuts made streak, twenty two cuts in a row. Um, he did miss the cut, obviously at the Travelers, but he's bouncing back in a way that I mean, you can't argue. Kid's good, you know. Well, if he puts like he does, like he is right now, I mean, he is going to be awfully tough 
to be. He's already one of the premier ball strikers on the PGA Tour, and the kid's barely, you know, learning these. He's just learning these golf courses as he goes. This is the first time he's played at Muirfield. He said it matches his eye, and, you know, it's a second-shot golf course. This place is made for him. I'm kind of kicking myself a little bit on the DraftKings play. Like, you know, <laughs> this, this, this is a place that he's going to do uh, extremely well. But here's a couple stats for you. Um, let's talk the first 88 rounds as a pro, you know, tiger, I'm going to compare him to tiger here. Tiger had 60 subpar rounds, uh, 21 over par rounds, 10 rounds of 65 or better and a 69.1 average. Now Colin first 88 rounds, 59 subpar rounds. So tiger had 60 Colin has 59, um, tiger had 21 over par rounds. Colin has 19 over par rounds. Um, Colin has nine rounds of 65 or better. Tiger has 10 and Colin's average is 69.2. I mean, not bad. Company, not bad. You know, when you're stacking up against, in my opinion, the greatest of all time. And he's what, how old? 21, 22. Yeah. I think he's 22. Yeah. He's 22. Yeah, he is. But so what are you saying? He's as good as Tiger. <laughs> well, I'm saying from a, statistics standpoint right now when you look at it that way he's he's off to a uh, a terrific start now does he sure. have the firepower that that tiger played during that he's certainly not the putter that tiger was during that mm -hmm. um, but i tell you what he looks much more comfortable over the flat stick that's been my only little thing with colin is that he looks a little uncomfortable at times with the putter but this week he's rolling the rock very nicely. So you, you got to like him. You know, he's probably the more polished, uh, more complete player when you compare him to like a Matthew Wolf or a, even a Victor Hovland. Hovland playing some really good golf this year as well. But, you know, you look at these three young players. I mean, you got to be pretty excited there at the Golf Channel. Three solid players, good guys to uh, to be covering and, and watching. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's exciting mostly to have people that are all playing well kind of at the same time that we're in the same graduating class, obviously. And then um, to see Morikawa kind of have that streak, break it, and then bounce back in the way that he is. You mentioned his putting. He was 171st on tour in putting entering this week. And uh, he, but he said yesterday, even he said the putter felt good, sets up nicely. Mm -hmm. um, so that confidence, obviously, as you know, is that holds a lot. Um, so, but it's exciting when you look at Matthew Wolf, it pales in comparison to, you know, the Spieth and Thomas class back in, what was that? 2011. Um, mm -hmm. I would argue that maybe Morikawa and Wolf are coming out hotter than Spieth and Thomas did. That's a, that, yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. And, and they, and that's a interesting one to, to debate, um, looking at those two that have come out, I mean, especially, I mean, Spieth obviously came out. And everything was seemed just very simple to him, right? Very easy, and it, it seems easy to Morikawa, even from a from mm -hmm. a ball striking standpoint. But of course, Spieth just making everything he looked at for what felt like the better Ever. part of three or four <laughs> years. But yeah. you know, Spieth has uh, missed the cut again this week. I mean, let me let me ask you on that now that you bring it up. I mean, you ever seen anything like this with with Spieth? Oh God, we could do we could talk for hours about this guy. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what is going on. It's so up and down. I think it's funny. You know, I'm obviously big on the Twitter golf, Twitter world, and they, everybody freaks out when he plays a good first round. They're like, Oh, he's back. He's back. You know, and then I'll shoot 75, 76, 77, barely make the cut and then stumble through the weekend. 
it's hard to be a Spieth fan. Um, I think is one of the only really ways you can say it. Uh, what are your thoughts about it? Well, it, it is, it is difficult. It's a, it's a roller coaster ride and he's become difficult to watch. You, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. his attitude, his behavior, it's difficult to, I'm sure be as to be patient, um, on his side. But I, I do think through this whole process, not only, you know, has he, has he lost his game to some degree and is now fighting his way back, but you know, I think he he kind of hits people a little bit as a, as a whiner through this process as well. So I think he's become mm-hmm. very difficult to watch in some ways. But with that said, he's very popular. He moves the needle to some degree on the PGA Tour. I think he's probably number three or four in the most compelling players to watch. I mean, the one thing that this guy can do is get the ball in the hole. I mean, I, I said it on Thursday. I think he hit like six fairways, 10 greens, lost strokes putting. I mean, just like, he just looked like he shot 85 and he shot even. And it's it's just, he knows how to get the ball in the hole. And I can tell you, as soon as he gets this, if he does get it piece back together and he gets his confidence up, he's going to win again because the kid can get the ball in the hole, but he is difficult to watch. I got to tell you, I have a, I, I have a hard time watching the behavior and, and I think to some degree pouting from time to time when he's, you know, when he's playing. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think you nailed it on the head there. It's difficult. It looks difficult for him where there was that stretch where, like you said, he could make anything and he stood over a putt and it was, it was obvious it was going to go in. Now it's like, Ooh, I don't know. He could three putt from two feet. Yeah, It's just all up in the air. It just looks so much more difficult. And whether that's, I would argue that it has to be a mental thing. I don't, I mean, you're, you know more about the swing than I do, but it doesn't look like his swing has changed in any way. I think it is. It's becoming more mental now, for sure. I think the technical side, things do look a little bit better, particularly in the backswing. <clears throat> he has put some good stretches together, but then he steps up on 15. I think 15 on Friday and hits a snap hook. It's a tough one to put your hand on. I mean, I, I haven't seen anything like it since I've been covering golf from a player who three times, one major championships, looked like he was well on his way. And then not only put the brakes on, but just, you know, you know, I think he's hit bottom. He's trying to find his way back out and you're, and I'm pulling for him, but it's, it's difficult to watch on many fronts. I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter-weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the stripe show so let's go back to twitter here for a second you were you mentioned it i don't know what i think of twitter i sometimes like there's some really (laughs) funny things on twitter and then there's some things where i just simply have to put my phone down one of them came across where let's just call it how it is this this jackass makes the statement that a male four handicap and i'm paraphrasing here male four handicap um could compete and win on the LPGA tour from the same tee, say around 6,400 yards, which to me is just complete ludicrous. I would, 
imagine you would agree. Yeah. Let me, let me actually read the tweet. It says people like watching men because they are entertained by watching something none of us could do on our own. There are thousands of men who could win weekly on the LPGA tour. Anyone with a four handicap would likely shoot mid sixties from forward tees. And just going off of that, we've had a writer um, reach out to that guy several times with no avail. Um, Now it's become, like you said, a, a thing on Twitter. I'm surprised we're still talking about it, but it was so asinine is really the only word I can think yeah. of. Obviously, you know, you got to love the anonymous Twitter users, but <laughs> that was just completely out of pocket. Yeah, it's absolutely silly to think that a four handicap could go out there. Now, given the advantages from a strength standpoint, I understand that, but give me a break. I mean, these, these LPGA women would just, they would laugh. They would completely, they could give him easily three to four shots aside, still beat them easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to watch how that whole thing has transpired. I'm a huge Mike Wan fan, the commissioner of the LPGA tour, and he's done such a, a terrific job. I think both tours um, and Jay Monahan on the PGA tour, really the best interest of not only the organization, but the players as well and the growth of those tour. I, I just think the game is in such a good spot there. And I'm excited for the LPGA Tour to get started again because I really enjoy watching the LPGA Tour. One of the ladies that's going to be playing, Maria Fossey, you actually, you were her teammate at Arkansas. I was, yeah. What an awesome, what an awesome gal. And we had a really strong uh, team when I first got there. I was with Gabby Lopez. Wow. Um, and then Maria Fossey came a couple of years later. And talk about a work ethic to look up to. Um, just grinding all day, every day, days off in the gym, on the range. Um, I knew I wasn't going to go professional, so I wasn't, you know, treating it exactly how she was. It was awesome. And she's not only a great golfer, she's a great person. That's what stands out more to me. And I think people have come in contact with her as well, but that's something that we, we were taught, you know, is that loving on people and treating people well comes first at Arkansas. Um, We had a great team dynamic, a great family dynamic, would do anything for each other. And uh, Maria was a, was a great example of that. Give us a little insight, like a Maria, like what would a day look like for her in college? Would she, obviously she had her classes and her studies, but put that aside, how many hours would you say a day she was hitting balls, playing what would that look like? Yeah. So give or take on a Thursday, let's just say we had morning workouts. So we had to be there by 545 because the workout technically started at six. But if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. That's what we were taught. <laughs> okay. So she showed up at 530. <laughs> Always the first one there. Um, stretching, rolling out, doing some corrective exercises. We'd work out. She'd go to, we'd go to breakfast, go to class, reconvene for practice at, at two o'clock, which technically meant like one thirty, and she would have already been there first one there I'd leave she'd still be on the range um just a work ethic where you could see that she really cared and she wasn't doing it more so out of force which I, I admit I've done that myself you know you you think that you're for you know you're just beating balls and beating balls or doing drills and doing drills like to no end but there was such strategy that she worked on with our coach on specific things she needed to work on and and there was no stopping her. Um, she's one of the most determined people I've ever seen, had made great grades, made time for her friends, 
I knew in college if there was someone that I needed to call, like if I if we you know, was stuck on the side of the road, I know that she would be there. And that yeah. to me meant more yeah. as a teammate than it did that she would carry the way on the golf course. Yeah. Yeah. She's got an explosive game too. I, I, I really, really like her golf swing. It's, it's very sound and explosive. I mean, she clips it out there a pretty good distance as well. So it, it's going to be, like the PGA Tour, you've got, you know, Maria Fossey, you've got a, a Jennifer Cupcho, you've got, um, you know, a nice group of young players coming in. And it would be fun to see them, you know, really get out there, obviously, and compete with the more experienced players as well. And, and you need that, you need that mix, you need that mix of kind of young players with, you know, players that have experience out there. And it, it's fun to see those come together. I, I love it. You know, that's, that's the one thing golf can offer you is you can have an Ian Poulter up there with a Colin Morikawa. I mean, mm -hmm. the two guys couldn't be at any more different or different spots in their lives, but yet are going to be matched up and competing with, with each other this weekend. And I think the LPGA tour has a lot of that um, as well. So it's going to be fun to see that uh, all come back together. What's in your golf bag now? I mean, how, tell us a little bit about your game. Are you out there grinding, you know, three, four hours a day right now? No, and that <laughs> that's the reason, among other reasons, why I didn't pursue a professional career. You know, I played in some pro events in college, before college, but I hated practicing, like hated it. Like if you told me that I needed to hit balls for an hour, I would rather sit and cry. Um, <laughs> it's just not something that I enjoy. It's not even being around teammates. It's It's just... Oh, it feels so forced. So no, basically I'm not out there grinding away. I hit the range maybe once a month. I play maybe once or twice a week. Um, I am a member at Interlock in here in Winter Park. I play Winter Park 9 a lot. Um, so I see golf much differently than I used to, which is extremely important to me. In college, it was performance. It was pressure. It was you know, making sure that you play a certain way to carry your team. Um, and now it's, it was very important to me after college to regain the fun in the game mm -hmm. um, because it is a game. And if you're going out there as a weekend golfer, killing yourself and getting mad over every shot, I look at it like you're not allowed to do that. Like you don't work hard enough to be mad. Does it make sense? Yeah. I, I totally so agree with that. Totally agree. Yeah. My my coach growing up used to say, if you live and die by every shot, you're going to do a lot of dying. And it's true, especially for people who who don't work at the game on on a regular basis. For example, my dad will go out and shoot, you know, go out and shoot a good round of 75. The next day he'll go out and shoot like 83 and lose it. And I'm like, okay, but when's the last time you like went to the range and worked on something rather than just like feeding balls? Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, that's what I've had to let go a little bit because it is frustrating not being as good as I used to be and knowing that that potential um, is there, but just not something that I'm prioritizing in my life, which is fine. As for my bag, um, kind of funny that you asked that. I use my mom's old Mizunos. <laughs> nice. I have wedges from probably 2015. Um, I have some really whippy woods that I stole from my mom. Okay. I do have a new tailor-made sim driver, and I've used the same Scotty Cameron Newport too for probably 10 years. 
Okay. So just kind of so that's uh, where I'm at. a little, uh, okay, a little piecemeal of uh, a little bit of everything. I like that. The old mom's, old mom's sticks. <laughs> Throw them in the back. She, can, mom, uh, can, mom, can mom play a little bit? If she's playing those Mom, Mizuno, mom can play. Mom okay. can play. Both my parents are about five or six handicaps. Nice. So um, super, super awesome to play with them. I play with my mom and her friends a lot. But yeah, I'm at the point right now where I'm actually looking at, at getting, you know, clubs mm. for me. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's good. But I still, I mean, I played, I've played several rounds in the last few weeks. I shot 69 a couple of times recently. Like I, I can, wow. I can still get it around there. I'm not playing at the same, you know, collegiate distance. I shorten it a bit, but you guys still got to get the ball yeah. in the hole. Hey. I will take a, a 69 score today right now. That would even <laughs> sign me up. I would take it. I'll take 70 for that matter. I'll take, well, well my course, I, I'll take, I would take a 71 right now. Just. I'll send you know, your way. Okay. I had a 72 a few days ago at the Coeur d'Alene Resort. I actually played some good golf. I actually should have, it was better than a 72. I just, I have a hard time concentrating for that long. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a hard time concentrating as it is, but concentrating for a, a long period of time, I drift and I make silly mistakes more so than I used to. Um, but, you know, I think you make some really good points about um, the example of your dad. You know, I always tell people, look, you have to, you have a, an expectation level in golf, but then you also have the amount of time that you're putting into it, like bigger those gaps are, the more frustrated you'll be in this game. Um, if you can narrow that gap, you'll appreciate it more. And I certainly narrowed it. And I just accept the fact that, you know, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to, there's going to be some days where it just doesn't, you know, you're going to shoot a number that you're not accustomed to shooting when you were younger. And, and that's just the way it is. The, the other aspect as examples is 75 to an 83. Like that's normal. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes, when you hear I'm inconsistent and I always ask someone, well, why do you think you're inconsistent? And they said, well, because I shot, I went out and played the other day and I played really good. I shot 79. And then the next day I shot 87. I said, and I said, well, that's not inconsistent. And they're like, well, mm -hmm. that's an eight shot difference. And I said, well, I get that. But you know, let's just say your handicap and this is just, you know, very scaled down example here, but let's just say your handicap is an eight. Actually, no, we're going to say it's a four. We're going to go to our, our buddy our on Twitter, Twitter user, here, right? Yes. Yeah. Let's go to our anonymous Twitter four. Okay. Let's say you're a four and let's just say your average, let's score roughly 77, call it right. Or like you're going to shoot a lot of 77s and 76s and 78s. Like that's going to be right in the middle of your bell curve. You're going to have a lot of those. And then as that curve kind of tapers off, it, it means that you're capable of shooting, you know, some 79s and 80s and there's going to be an 81 and 82. And then you know, it also means there's going to be an 83 and an 84. Now you're not going to shoot 83, 84 as much as you're going to shoot 77, but it's a big bell curve in that you just, because you know, you're, you're a four handicap, you're going to have those rounds too. Just like on the other side, you're going to shoot an occasional 72, you know, maybe a 71. Now you're not going to shoot as many 71s as you are 77, but this bell curve is really the range that that handicap is shooting. So to have this gap of you know, seven or eight strokes is not inconsistency. It's just part of the game. And I think when people understand that and they kind of bridge that gap between expectation level and um, the amount of time that they're putting in, you, you, you tend to enjoy the game um, a little bit more because you, you understand that this is just the way it is. I mean, 
you know, you look at these guys on tour, they're not shooting 66 every round. They're shooting seven, you know, they're shooting 73 occasionally, but they're also going to occasionally shoot a 62, 63. So the gaps are present um, on the PGA tour and the LPGA tour as well. All right. So let's, let's bring it back to this, this four handicap. He's really, he's really pissed me off here and just give complete perspective here. You saw the tweet, Haley Moore uh, shoots 62 um, in this event in Toledo mini tour um, in ladies professional golf. Haley, um, very good young player. Doesn't even have status right now on the LPGA tour. 62, right? This girl is shooting some numbers over the last month. I'm going to put Haley Moore versus this four handicap. Okay. We're going to call him Bob and Haley are teeing off right now on number one. How do you think it goes in the first hole of the match? I think Lee would bomb her drive down there, hit a nice little wedge, probably two putt. And I think off the tee, Bob would be soiling his pants for lack of a better term. I think it's, it comes down to backing up what you said you were able to do and then teeing it up really next to somebody who on any day left-handed backwards could kick your ass. Yeah. Um, I'd say maybe he would duck hook it left, punch out on the green, make a bogey down one through one. Yeah. The nerves are there, right? I mean, these amateur men are not playing out of four handicap are not playing in the tournaments as many tournaments, let alone big tournaments as right. these season players. Haley's probably played a hundred tournaments, 150 in her career. She's going to step right up there. Like, who is this schmuck and just bust it down there. He's going to make six. She's making four. She's one up. She goes to two, bust it down there, 275 at least. He's nervous. He knows he's way over his head at this point. It's a par five, dog leg left. I'm saying he makes another bogey. Haley makes birdie. She's two up. It's like there's already blood in the water at this point. Haley's laughing because she's like, why am I wasting my time with this four handicap? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think. I don't think there's any way that it it makes their match makes it to the end. I think they're done by 13, 14, maybe a little six and five loss for Bob. Yeah, because Bob's wearing a mask, clearly, because he's, you know, he's the anonymous Twitter buff who, you know, talks smack. And so we don't know who he is. He won't take he won't take off this full bodysuit mask. And he steps up to three. Now he knows he's way over his head. So he, he, he tries to make small talk with Haley on three and starts to try to smooth it over. And, you know, Haley's very sweet, nice and talks and stuffs it in there six feet for birdie on three. And Bob hits it to 32 feet, two putts for par. And he's now two down. Haley's two under Bob is two over. This is how this is going to go. At some point, Bob will settle down. The nerves will settle in. He'll hit a couple of good shots. Par three here. He'll probably throw a birdie in there. I'm going seven and six, six and five, somewhere in there. The match is over. Haley wasted a day and is now going back to try <laughs> to get status on the LPGA Tour. Haley doesn't even have status 
on the LPGA tour. You put Bob out there with Fossey, it gets ugly quick because Maria Fossey oh, yeah. is, to me, looks like the ultimate competitor and is going to rip his head off probably in nine holes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you look at things <laughs> like I'm, I'm actually opening this article right now about Haley. No other player in the field broke 70 in the final round, and she shot 62. Yeah, and doesn't have status on the LPGA tour. All right, Bob, you status, suck. She, yeah, Bob sucks. Yeah, he does. He has no idea and can go back uh, to his mother's basement. Let's move on to this final topic here. Um, back to the PGA tour. We have Bryson DeChambeau, who is just, you know, I mean, doing something that we've never seen before. 350 yards on average last week uh, in Detroit off the tee. Nice little beef here with uh, Brooks back and forth. Brooks sends out the gift, just kind of implying a little, maybe he's handing, I don't know, something along the lines of a steroid thing. But clearly these two don't like each other. Um, and Brooks just committed to Memorial. I mean, look, I mean, the tour's got to put these two guys in the same group, don't they? Oh, they do. And I think that they're depriving us of quality entertainment if they don't. I think it, it brings up a good point, what you said. I think that, do you think that Brooks was used to being the big buff guy before Bryson did what he did over the last three months? I think there's, yeah, I do. I think there's some degree of that. I think, you know, I think Brooks claims that he doesn't listen to things and um, he doesn't, none of this chatter bothers him and this and that, but yet he, you know, he's the first to fire back at a Brandel Chambly, at a Paige McKenzie mm -hmm. on her statement a couple days ago at feel the need to throw it out to Bryson. You know, clearly he has rabbit ears and yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's a big, strong guy and all of a sudden here comes Bryson puts a stake in the ground, 350, come and get me. And, you know, here we are. I, I think, yeah, I do. I do think there's a little bit to that. And, you know, now what, right now, where do we go when Bryson's hitting it 25 yards past you off the tee? Yeah, I think it's an interesting point, especially because people love to hate on Bryson and think he's, you know, an attention seeker and stuff like that. But you you back up a little bit from all of that and you look at the fact that he did exactly what he said he was going to do. Yep. So how can you really hate on that? You know what I mean? He said he said he was going to go out and gain weight and drink all these protein shakes and come out better than ever and hitting it farther than ever. And he is. And he just won. He's pretty much, in my eyes, the undisputed hottest player in the game. Does that yep. mean he's the best of this time? No. But I also think another part of um, what was interesting during the coronavirus was how awesome it was to see players like Bryson really shine on social media. Um, I think a lot of players kind of came not out of the woodworks, but was were more apt to share things because they weren't doing as much or weren't you know, out in the public eye as much. And that was something that I thought was really cool about Bryson kind of trying to get people on his side before he even stepped onto the tee box. And, and I was definitely interested in what he was doing. Um, mostly because he is performing that well. Yeah, he is. It, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it really is the, these numbers are like, I'm going to, I'm really interested to see how he plays Muirfield next week. Um, and, and what that's going to look like if there's a pin, and there's a hole and you're hitting it that far, you have an advantage. I mean, it just doesn't matter what course you're playing. Certain courses are going to take the driver out of your hand a little bit more. 
that you have an advantage. I mean, you just flat out do it's the it's it's the distance era and yeah, I think Bryson roughed him a little bit. I think he came out. I think he's hitting the ball longer than what people were anticipating. And hey, you know, now what? Who's going to come up next? And I'm going to, I'm going to make a stake in the ground here myself. And I'm going to say, gosh, you know, there's only a, a few guys that could probably stretch it out to 350. One of them is Tony Finau. It's time for Tony Finau to lengthen his swing back out because if he did. Finau can hit it as far as Bryce. Um, I yeah, think I, I saw a video sure. of him where he hit one 380 in the air. Uh, like, okay, now is your time, Finau, to lengthen it out just a little bit. Pump me up to 350. Let's get our second win on the PGA Tour and let's go. I'm a big Tony Finau fan. He drives me crazy that he's only won once. Um, I can't believe he didn't win the Waste Management Phoenix Open. I was I just sat there for like an hour after the tournament looking at the TV, wondering how in the world he didn't win that tournament. And I want Finau to like 10 more pounds of muscle, lengthen it out, let's go. I'm saying he hits past Bryson if that's the case. Well, he's just got to start drinking six protein shakes a day and only eating <laughs> chicken and potatoes and then he'll be fine. But did you see Tony's post uh, today on Instagram? No, I haven't seen it. Okay, so he posts this video of him hit him ripping a driver, and it goes it goes from him hitting the shot, and then it kind of goes to it doesn't look like a TrackMan or a or a flight scope. It's some other some other device, and it shows him getting to what is it two hundred and six miles per hour ball speed with the driver, and yep. his caption yep. says, "Inspired by Bryson to see how much I got in the tank." There you go. So there, there we go. have it. It's time. It's time. It's time. It is time. And he's the one that can do it. And I'd love to see it because he's such a good dude. And I would love to see him just be like, you know what? It's time to take the lid off. And it's time to like, I want Finau to like to get just like a little bit pissed off. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and just kind of like show us something here that, we're not accustomed to because he has it all. It's all there. His putting gets a little wishy-washy, but he can, he can clean that up. I just love to see him come out like all of a sudden, like 10 more pounds lengthen out, just complete red ass off the tee because he could hit it with Bryson, if not beyond. And then, okay, now, now what do we got? You know, now what's Brooks have to say about that? What is, you know, what's the response uh, to that? It's, it's fascinating. This distance stuff is just, it's crazy. Is it a little bit out of control? It probably is. Um, but uh, we got some good golf ahead of us uh, this week. Work day. We go to we go back to Mirrorfield next week. What a what a field that's going to be. Tigers playing. LPGA Tour starts here in a couple weeks. You know, pandemic aside, golf's playing and it's it's fun to watch. And I appreciate you uh, jumping on the podcast, sharing some insight. Welcome back to Florida. I'll see you next week. We've all heard the rumors, but the wait is finally over. Fight Island is primed and ready to go. This Saturday, the fighters will be taking their talents to Abu Dhabi for UFC 251. The lineup of fights this weekend is one of the best yet, and DraftKings, the leader in one-day sports, is putting you in the center of the action starting this Thursday with a free shot at a $1 million top prize with your first deposit. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stand under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances 
takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million. But if MMA isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this week's tournament with millions of dollars up for grabs this week. There's no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code Travis to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize for this weekend's UFC 251 contest with your first deposit. That's promo code Travis to get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.